<coughs> hey, you good, man? Are you, are yeah, you okay? Good. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Hey, welcome. <coughs> Podcast. <laughs> welcome to the Baking Notes Podcast. 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 Pasta. Pasta. Ooh, don't eat pasta that smells weird. Yeah, you'll we die. Talk, we talked about that in another podcast. True, true story. Yeah. Tune in next time to find out yeah. what foods will kill you. Yes, all of them. Speaking of what won't kill you, our guest today is Chris Hendricks. Oh, he won't kill you at all. He'll no. give you a hug. He's really nice. Yeah. So, Chris Hendricks, an extraordinaire. He's done pretty much a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, as you're going to soon to see. We won't, we, I don't want to preview his story too much because we're going to actually talk about it. Leonardo da Vinci's in his grave and it's like, yo, can you calm you down? See this dude? Can you chill? It's like, dude, they made a movie about me. I'm like more interesting. I'm no, ready for and the and none of it's true. I'm ready Chris for the Hendricks Chris Hendricks podcast. Ooh. So this dude's done it all. He's got another podcast. I'm dealing with comics, mm-hmm. but he's a singer songwriter. He got a d- degree in physiology mm-hmm. science. He's kind of been all over from motivational like speaker, the bottom to the top. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky to have caught him on the top. Mm-hmm. He's now a father. Wow, uh, cute, cute little 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 cute human babies. and. You know, we just wanted to have him on and hear his story. As you'll, as you'll hear, he's, he's had some, some rough times. He's been dealt interesting cards. Yeah. Uh, he's had to get really creative. And uh, needless to say, he's one of the most creative people we've had on here. He's a yeah. lyric genius, mm-hmm. among other things. Yeah. He can crank out a, a high, high quality, high quality. High quality song in like a matter of minutes. Yeah, he'll just sit there and do it in front in of you. In a single bound. Man, this is draft one. And you should see him with his pants on. It's incredible. Yeah, it, it's even better. But without further ado... Here's Chris Hendricks. I feel just a little bit off. I am what the others are not. I thought for sure there'd be more of me. There must be some mistake. Now I feel odd. Can't stop myself from shaking. I'm hyperventilating. Won't someone make me stop? Podcast recording. Welcome, welcome to it's our second episode of Baking. You know, it's podcast, but we get into. I feel like this little inaugural. I'm like, I get. Dude, you're a part of. You're you're at the ground floor. We are so honored to have you. All right, as it rises up, let me just hang on to the elevator, man. Yeah, just in. What was it? Indiana Jones. The the rope. You cut the rope and you (laughs) flew. Who did that first? Who did that first? Um, well, I mean, if you're talking, are we talking like on film, like in actuality, or are we talking, uh, philosophy? Oh, on film. Oh, not philosophy. No, we're no, talking no. philosophy, I'd have to go with Kostanzakis. What, what did he say? Cut the, if you don't cut the rope, you can't be free, something like that. Oh, if you don't cut the rope, you can't be free. That's yeah. true. That's true. It's also a little dark. It is. <laughs> so also, if you have children, this is not the sort of place or stream that you want to have them here because we're going to we're adults here we're going to have adult language and there's going to this be, is a family show except it's not this is not a family yeah. show I, I would say i would give this a tv 
MA17. I'll give it oh, MA17. Wow. TVK17? TVK17. This TVK After Dark. So this is not, we're not talking freeform network. ABC no, Family. No, no, okay. this is not ABC not, Family. Not okay. quite ABC Family. It's not family. Lifetime. It's right. not Lifetime either. I would say it's like okay. FX. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. I'm ready. <laughs> Bring it off. The dark up, side. Everybody, how's everybody doing? Dude, we're all ready. See. We're all ready. Chris Hendricks unleashed. Let's do this. Okay, okay. Chris Woo. Hendricks. Welcome, 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 my man. Hey, hey. Really excited to be here. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I am honored. <laughs> Neither do we, and that's the beauty. Fantastic. That is the beauty of this thing. So this is the Taking Notes podcast. Uh, we are a podcast of two Juilliard classical. Uh, classical classical musicians (laughs) and uh we figured we don't really have anything to do after school so we wanted to start a podcast and interview incredible people oh and so one day um we're gonna do that but instead today (laughs) today we have we have (laughs) yeah a mr drum roll please classical music we have Chris Hendricks here. Chris, Hens- Chris Hendricks here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, thrilled. I am uh, not a Juilliard graduate. Like, <laughs> like if you were to compare me to a Juilliard graduate, like they would be skyline level, <laughs> and, and I would like be at the center of the earth. Well, like, here's the thing. How- here's the thing, Chris. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even though we did bring you on here to just congratulate us and yeah. about our lives, clearly, we actually like, we we actually want to know about you. So you are our featured guest. And our fans want to know as much as they can yes. about Chris Hendricks. All right. So we're just a, a little brief overview. Uh, I mean, you can check out Chris on like eight different sites. Just Google. <laughs> There's lots of Chris Hendricks. Um, Couple look things. for our Chris Hendricks. Uh, but let's see. So why we brought you on here also is you've just done like everything. So let me just like <laughs> let me just spout up. It's like you've been featured on TV shows. You've written themes for. Like sports teams, music's been <laughs> featured all over the place. So you're a songwriter. Little you little. also have a comic book. Yeah. You run a comic books podcast. I help do You've that. Yeah. Been in bands, wow. solo acts. You're working on a book. Yeah. Now you have a production company. <laughs> Dude, what? I gotta get to work. What, what? what am I doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what? All we want to know is like, what? What are they giving you? And how can we get some yeah, of that? All right. So <laughs> I was I was born with the greatest superpower on earth, which is attention deficit disorder. I use my ADD to my advantage. I'm allergic to boredom. I was saying that earlier before we hit the record button, but that's really sort of my uh, obsessive drive for everything is I just don't like having a boring life. And that's objective. Like people can be really, really excited about life if they're accountants. Like maybe yeah. numbers do that for you. You were talking about music and math earlier. The moment music and math met for me, I disintegrated because I did really shitty in math. Like I was not a good math student. As a matter of fact, in a weird way, math is one of the things that inspired me, even though I'm a terrible math student and I avoid it like crazy. Uh-huh. It inspired me to figure out how other professions can be inspiring in their own ways because I yeah. had a moment. I had a moment in my eighth grade math class. I did not care about math at all. We were learning about trigonometry and I could care less about that stuff. Any listeners who care about it, good for you. I love you. It's cool. Um, But our math teacher, one day, just randomly to reach the students, decided to bring in um, a copy of a new Ubisoft game. 
Okay. Okay. Because, because I love Ubisoft. I, I like because, teachers now. I, I, exactly. I did my teacher not do that. Right. So she yeah. brought in a copy for everyone in the class. It was like the most random thing because wow. her because her husband, who majored in math, got a job at Ubisoft oh, with his math yeah. degree. And in an instant, okay. every dude in the class was like, "Math! Oh my God! Let me look into this algebra!" <laughs> right. And so it made me think about this idea that no matter what profession you fall into, you can make anything you're doing interesting. You can sort of develop a passion for something yeah. you would have never connected any passion with because there are so many aspects of so many different industries, mm -hmm. which is why I do everything. Um, but there is a single through line, um, and this is when I'll shut up of my after all my ramblings. But, no, this is great. Um, we need to discover you. The through line is I love to tell a story. I really, really love storytelling. And so um, sort of my, my first uh, dip into that world was songwriting and music. Mm -hmm. And then that eventually translated into um, public speaking, being a speaker, traveling around and speaking to groups of people. And then somehow as a result of honestly the talent of literally everyone else except for me, uh, it turned into a uh, production company, which is Kite Rush Media, um, which is the, the our video marketing uh, digital marketing company that we we started because we like telling other people's stories mm -hmm. using pictures mm -hmm. and sound mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so i started with words and then decided to force my way into every other storytelling uh medium whether it's a book a comic book uh, uh a video a movie a score um or you know a three minute song three minute pop song so Oh, wow. Okay, so there's a lot to Woo! unpack there, man. And, dude, let's start unpacking, because otherwise, you know, the suitcase just sits in the corner, <laughs> and, and it's just like, oh, it's like, it's it was last week, and I came back. All this <laughs> no, stuff that's in me. It. I, so, haven't, I haven't unpacked since I got back from Atlanta. So that's what happens. That's a thing that like, I do. I just don't unpack. It's like, I've been here a couple months, and we're still, we're still unpacking. I need to learn to not unpack. I think that's my problem. Just recycle. Too much packing. Is, is too, too much packing. packing. If I just... Keep the thing packed, then maybe I can go to more places. <laughs> let's well, let's before you start doing, that, let's yeah. unpack some. So, go. what what was like the first? Is is there like a singular moment? Okay, music. Yes. Or like, oh, okay, storytelling. Yeah. I I did have a I did have a singular moment. The singular moment was music, and it actually happened because my my parents, specifically my mom, did not want it to happen. And it's actually pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. Because of course. after college, and I we got- we love mom. Yeah, we love Side mom. My mom, yeah, is, yeah. my mom is amazing. She's actually on this uh, little, um, I, I came to uh, LA to have some work meetings mm -hmm. and she came on this trip with me, um, mm -hmm. along with my other half, my partner in crime and my- uh, Add mom in my here. Seven months, oh. <laughs> yes. uh, my seven month old uh, daughter, seven months and change. And she's amazing. She's my number one fan. But there was a time when I walked away from a career as a physical therapist to be a musician. And how did, how did that go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did yeah. you get to physical therapy? Um, like. So it just seemed like an easy fit for me because I grew up going to physical therapy because I was diagnosed with CP when I was four. For people who don't know what that uh, stands for, it stands for crazy person, ah. uh, <laughs> a.k.a. cerebral palsy. And it just seemed like an easy fit for me because I grew up in it and I could be more than a physical therapist. I could be a mentor to kids. But one day, um, some friends of mine, I was working in Disney World at the time. In okay, Orlando. so you're from, oh, Orlando, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm from North Carolina, but yeah. I ran away to Orlando because I never want to grow up, ever. That was the reason why I did <laughs> Who that. Who does? <laughs> and um, towards the end of my tenure there, 
um, I had basically a friend intervention where all the people that I had met there kind of came to my little apartment and, and surrounded me in a, in a story circle, if you will, <laughs> and gave me their own reasons for like, you need to give this music career thing a shot. Like you should really, you know, go for it regardless of how hard it is. So when I got back to where I was staying at the time, I walked into my mom's bedroom at probably like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, which was my first mistake. You know, and I said, hey, you know, mom, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you. You know, we I went to college for four years and I loved it. And I have this degree in exercise physiology, but I'm going to walk away from physical therapy and do music for a living. And in a in a moment of like solemn freedom, my mom looked up at me with these with these eyes that. In, in a weird way, they said, I love you anyway. And also I could, how could you at the same yeah. time? But uh, she said, look, you're a grown man. Uh, you know, you're beyond the age of uh, 18. I can't do anything about it. But if you pursue music, you can't stay here. Mm. And, um, and so immediately- Why do you think she felt that way? Well, because, you know, she had her, you know, a lot of times parents have their own visions for their kids and they have certain expectations. And th- those are sort of the, pillars of uh, let's call them the shatter points of any relationship because anytime anyone yeah, has any sure. expectation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of anyone you start to fall apart on on some level mm-hmm. and on some level my mom and i did i mean like sorry to hear that, it was man. a huge i mean it's there's no sorry to have because we're like she is my number one fan now and she mm-hmm. genuinely is like you know we're really proud of each other and you know we're yeah. in really really great um spots as far as our lives are concerned right now but at the time it just came because i understand where it comes from now being a parent now being a dad i get that fear what what Um, was what is can you explain that fear like because what because our audience is a lot of like young kids but mm -hmm. also kids are going to school for music they have similar Mm -hmm. backgrounds you know parents saying i would rather you're a like a sure. doctor or a exactly. lawyer. So can you go for them to understand their parents? Like, can you go in as a parent, like that perception or like that feeling of, I want the best for my kid and music. That's just not it chief. Like, can you explain that? Well, yeah. So here's the interesting thing is most of our parents on some level grew up with a, let's, let's say a leak in the reservoir of absolute faith. Okay. And so what I mean by that is they had, they had faith in their kids, but they refused Mm -hmm. to define it. Like it's just like, it's just like this esoteric thing that they carry around. I I trust them. You know, yeah, yeah, I believe, I believe that my kids are going to be okay, but like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Right. And now it's a different generation where like absolute faith is core and music, as far as I'm concerned, music and any art really, but music is just easier for me to relate to. Like you can't go into it as a career if you don't have absolute faith, because yeah, that's true. You are and just the sheer like time commitment. Yeah, just, time you commitment. Won't, you won't get it time yeah. if you don't have Take faith. It seriously, in it. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. to mention the lack of full understanding by literally everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. think of example. Like, like the easiest example is like if you're playing out and you get a gig at a restaurant. Yeah. And let's say the restaurant finds you, knows you're a talented musician and says, okay, we'll give you a hundred dollars for three hours. Mm-hmm. And then you look back at them and you go, uh, 
that doesn't make sense time-wise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that, like, that doesn't equate to, like, feeding me. And they go, well, what do you mean? Like, you're just playing the notes. You're just, like, sitting there making, you're like, we're, I don't understand, like, your background noise, right? They, because they're not a part of the culture, mm-hmm. even if, the, yeah. you can love music and not be a part of the culture. That happens 100%. all the time, 100%. right? So they're not looking at it like, oh, but here's all the man hours or woman hours that I put into this to learn mm-hmm. this craft. Here's how many times I've been rejected. Here's how long it took me to learn these pieces or these songs that you wanted me uh, to do, that you expect of me. Here's how much um, uh, skin, here's how much of a shell I've had to develop over the years so that I can deal with your drunk idiot who comes in every Tuesday (laughs) and says, can you play that song? And I have to put up with it and play that song. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're paying me, right? The person who bring, who brings you in nine times out of ten doesn't understand that, mm-hmm. right? So that's why they think a hundred dollars is is worth it, and that has sort of been a perpetuation that that has sort of streamlined down um, into sort of the the older generation's understanding of what music is. I can well, see, yeah. That's well, a, plus one like now, it's just like in this day of Spotify, we have such ease of access. Oh, yeah. these things you don't even have to like pay for music anymore yeah, yeah. a song is, a song is like 99 a, cents yeah, yeah, song yeah. Is, but now cents. it's not even that it's just like right. even less like it's like you don't yeah. even have to buy it. it's just like you can listen to it anytime and so mm-hmm. like the perceived value of it which is weird if you think about it because well, why is video so valuable when like paying it versus like things that have fallen off yeah like photography yeah and right? music well, because, because become, you can because now with iPhones you can get a great photo. Wow. I would like blow out, blow, 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 like mm-hmm. something. Ten years, ten years ago, you needed to hire something. You can get closer. Yes, there's the art of it, but yeah. music, like nowadays, you have easy access to it. Right. Versus video, why do you have to pay people hundreds and hundreds an hour? Why does it cost twenty thousand dollars to have something like not even look good? I'll answer it's that. It's because no one. Well, also the cost, but it's because no one, we, they can't quite make their own movie yet. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. funding it. Well, yeah. the, that's the thing. And it's their gear. Here's what people, yeah. gear. Here's what They're some limited people don't understand. doing it on their own. Here's what some people don't understand. Yeah, it is gear. Like it is, I would say it's 20 to 30% gear, but a lot of people would say it's 70 to 80% gear. And here's why I did. Here's why I disagree. I disagree with that. Here's why, here's why I disagree. Yeah. In both music and film, I've come across this um, very, very quickly, mm-hmm. is that it's about finding the niche client that has the self-awareness mm-hmm. to admit that they don't have the time or the passion to ever to create yeah. whatever it is that you're going to do for them. And if they understand that, they're going to play. They're going to pay the price tag. Mm-hmm. So it really is about finding the right audience. And I understand a lot of artists, a lot of musicians in particular, have an introverted side to them. But they also forget that this idea of networking, which we can get into yeah, later. Yeah, that's what we were going to ask like, you about. Like, yeah. shameless networking is a skill. Yeah. What, what What do you mean by shameless networking? That I've never heard that before. Okay, so shameless networking is there's a, there's a, a negative sort of salesy cliche around it. And you have to get rid of that if that lives inside of your head because shameless networking isn't about convincing someone else um, that you're the real deal. Uh That's not what you have to strive for. That's impossible. Yeah. All you need to do is convince them that you believe it. 
That's what oh, it's that's about. That's interesting. That's how you define it. And if you define it that way, then you're completely responsible for the outcome. Your passion oh. determines whether they say yes or no. It's not about the other person coming at you and saying, well, this isn't really my thing. And if that were, because if that were true, there would be no good salespeople in the universe. And there's a ton of them. Well, if you think about it, you like buy in to the charisma of the salesperson. When you go in and invest in something, buy something, you know, they're selling like cookies on the street. It's it's not always the product because you don't know if the cookie's good because yeah. you pay before you even get the thing. Right. It's not like, here's the food. Okay, here's the price tag. You know what it is. You're going to get said thing. And it's just like, oh, I really like that person. I have a perspective right. on this too. Because like go. when I started <laughs> doing social media, when I started like posting videos of me playing viola, I was still in school. Like I wasn't <laughs> like a fully baked. I hadn't even gotten into Juilliard yet. Wow. I did a hashtag campaign called Journey to Juilliard and it was only about documenting. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's audacious. But I, I was so passionate about, no. yeah. you know, connecting with an audience. I didn't realize how shameless it was. Maybe that's, yeah. is that what you're talking? It's like, yes. you don't have like. Because you did it. I, I didn't it's have shame. I was like, and I still don't. Because like, if I fail <laughs> in front of people, that's just the way it is. Yeah. That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's life. The way, my, the way that I put that is people taking advantage of hashtag who cares. Mm. And I and it, it comes across as cliche, but cliche doesn't mean untrue. There's a cliche statement from well, Zig that's Ziglar. That's a reason why it exists. Uh, you know, that's right. why some of these. What's what's the quote? The, the quote is everything is sales. Everything yeah, you do at all times is yeah. sales. And I don't want people. I mean, you, you're going to have whatever perspective you're going to have, but it would it would be painful for me if people listen to this podcast and felt like the three of us or even just me were trying to teach people that like we need everyone to be salespeople. That's not what I'm that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is the idea of networking and sales and connection with another human being is completely misunderstood, especially in the arts and the music world, because mm -hmm. there is an assumption that when you go into a conversation, whether you're having just a general conversation with somebody mm -hmm. or you're going to a networking event, mm -hmm. that you um, that everyone there wants something, all right? And the way that isn't people, that true though? That's just yeah. it. Yeah. People people are trying to come up with this like they tell themselves that that's not, not the, the case, case when they should be saying that, that is one hundred percent the case. Yeah, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Like one hundred percent fine. It's like not even just for like a business perspective. That's how life works and how like yeah. humans evolved. That's one of our like distinguishing features from a lot of others is that we actually need each other to survive. When, yeah. a, baby, when a baby pops out, it can't take <laughs> it can't take care of itself. Is, is it's that not how a sure they just pop you see, out? See, when my mom popped me out, and I, <laughs> and I was I was in that nest, and I tried to fly. Yeah, yeah. she dropped and the worms in my. And think about it this way too: the baby embraces the ego. Yeah. Right? The baby embraces yeah, the ego. Chilling. If you put a baby in a closet and you shut the door. It's going to scream we don't because recommend it has doing an expectation. That, Just disclaimer, yeah. we don't recommend that. Yeah, don't do, do that. Don't please. do that. I have no. a seven-month-old at home. Please don't do, do it. Don't put any uh, babies <laughs> in the closet um, or in the corner. if you were to do that, the baby screams because it has an expectation that someone is going to acknowledge it, look at it, yeah. pick it up, right? Yeah. And somewhere along the line, we lose that because there's this not enough mentality that exists in advertising and in the world and in conversation and in the Kardashians, you know, mm -hmm. pick whatever you want. You know, this is what I was, why I was sharing with you earlier, man, like as an, as an influencer, 
Like we who me? Yes. Huh? <laughs> um, it is so important to like feed your audience the right medicine. However, Yo, however you broccoli. decide. You know, however you decide. Fiber. No, seriously though, because there's just so much. I watch. What, what is that sad? I can't remember the name of it. Is it like Destination Meme or something? There's this super sad documentary on Netflix about about people who are famous for no reason. Oh and, yeah, I know and a they few talk of them. about like yeah. towards the end of the documentary, like it starts out like really positive in the beginning. What's this like, called? Oh yeah, what's it called? I want to watch something this. meme. It's like Destination Meme or something. Whatever. Is it, it is. is it a Netflix documentary? Yeah, yeah. It's wow, Netflix, Netflix, and it was okay. so depressing. By towards the end of it, that I had to shut it off because they're <laughs> literally making millions of dollars for no reason. Yeah. And listen, audience, dude, I have nothing against making millions of dollars. I literally tell Trevor every time at the end of all of our conversations, yeah. let's make a million dollars. I'm fine with making yeah, money. I got too. no problem with rich. I got no promise with, with fame. Yeah. I got a problem with those two things minus fulfillment. It's a huge, <laughs> huge problem with me because towards the end of the documentary, these people, they open up. And they're like, yeah, I pose, uh, like I, I work in, in the words of Louis CK, I work every Tuesday sometimes, <laughs> right? And they'll pose for a company. They'll like, you know, sit in a pool float and take a picture of yourself wearing these sandals or wearing these yeah. shoes and we'll give you, you know, $10,000. Yo, they can give me $10,000. Right. I will sit in any pool but at the end of the day, any shoe wear. But at the end of the day, they're depressed. Yeah. Every yeah, single no, not one of them problems. is depressed because they go hang out at a bar or whatever, and all these people meet them as a result of them being influencers, but they can't make a genuine connection with somebody because they don't know how to. They haven't learned the skill, and they were not raised in an, in an environment where this was a necessity. Yeah. Right? Wow. That that's great. For me, I you know, it's I think it's piggybacking off of that this trend that's going on with social media and just life in general with this whole microwave content culture we have. Sure. Mm-hmm. We are very, we are more social than we've ever been before, but we also are the most alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why rates of suicide are going up because we are we are all going to our respective echo chambers, our own respective hidey holes and texting each other. Uh, yeah. There's no community and that's what people Now are yeah, you you can interact, you'll interact with more people in like the first 20 years of your life, the most people got in all of their life for human history. Yeah. We haven't like evolved to that stage. Mm-hmm. But one of the trickiest, so I can't remember now, but the like st- studies out there showing just in the recent past, you know, people is just like when they'd ask you, how many close friends, who, who yeah. how many confidants do you have? Right. And they'd say, oh, about, about five was the average. Yeah. Nowadays, it's zero. zero. Right? You can't trust these hoes, man. Zero, they be, put, they right? be screenshotting all your messages and putting them for everybody to see. Yep. Before you know it, you're on a meme account yeah. soon from as, Tinder. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as as soon as Snapchat came out, I went, oh no. Oh yeah, it's, oh, it's no. happening. They think they're they think they're oh, safe yeah. and no one's safe. Oh no. No one's safe. And I'm just I'm so grateful to have like like um less and less uh paying less and less attention to how much people care about what you do, or at least developing a filter and deciding yeah. what level of care matters. People are like, now we're clawing, we're desperate for authenticity. Yeah. yeah. And so there's some like reversion to that. And some of that is the not caring. Like, and you've like mentioned like the, like a Bob Dylan example. Oh yeah, dude, I love that story. So he, so Bob Dylan basically 
went viral, you know, before viral was a thing, you know, yeah. be, became the top songwriter of his generation because so many people kept telling him he stood for something and he represented a message mm-hmm. and he kept telling them to leave him alone. <laughs> it was like, I just want to write songs. Like, like seriously, like, let me just write my freaking songs and just step away from, from this reality that you think that I represent going. And it got to be so extreme that Joan Baez, who did embrace representing a message like tried to get him to hop on that train. Yeah. He was like, no, Bob. So, I don't know how the conversation went. Bob, <laughs> so many people love you. You got to go on this. Bob, you the shit. You, you got to go on this tour with me and we've got to make this stuff happen. Let's make money. And he literally, he literally like threw a motorcycle that the label had given him or something into the river and, <laughs> and walked away from the, the what meeting. What a G. Meeting. He was like, I don't care about any of this. He Leave me alone. I just want to write songs. It's just, I mean, even like thinking of that, so he gets like, like the, what, the donated note, he, he gets like the right. <laughs> I know, you could have donated it. Didn't he like, he, so he gets like the Nobel Prize or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. Literature, and he like doesn't go to the ceremony. He's like Donald Glover. Yeah. Donald yeah. Glover oh, yeah. just won like what, go four Grammys? Grammys? He wasn't oh, yeah. there. My idol dude. won four Grammys. Dude, he is One my idol. Best I dude, I cannot. Ugh. I want to be him. I just want to be a child's game. I do too. You do too. I do. Dude. Every every entrepreneur. He's the, model. He's the model. Every entrepreneur or every like I'll say entrepreneur worth his or her salt wants to be uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's, like, he's like at peak levels, but in multiple categories. But he's barely existed. Like it's not fair. He's been it's he's been so around. He's he's. He hasn't been on the street. He, like, with This America, that was when he, like, became a household name. Yeah. Oh but before then, I was, like, listening to his EP, his mixtapes, Cold Sack. Mean, community. Like, community. Community. Community, man. Community. Yeah. He's such a boss on community. Yeah. Didn't he, did you say he wrote for SNL? Yeah, he wrote, he wrote I think it was his first gig. 30 Rock. 30 Rock. 30 Rock. Okay. 30 Rock. 30 30 Rock. That's right. He has, he has really um, funny cameos on there. And by the way, I think it was it started out on YouTube. And they found him on yeah, YouTube. Well, he was just a citizen brigade. United yeah, he was citizens. just like a student at NYU. NYU. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he was just like, they, they and he just did it. And they saw. He just did the thing. Well, and his, like us. And his name. His name was what was the auto generator. Oh, yeah. The Wu Tang Clan yeah. name generator. It's like he put Donald Glover in, out came Childish Gambino. So, so the internet's right. not all bad. Not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You think the internet's Childish Gambino? Has its benefits. So his. I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry to go so far as to use this word, but his majesty, in my opinion, no, the perfect word. Is, is, is defined by how he represents himself in interviews. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing that he's, he's ever said is like, I think somebody asked him, he's like, like, what do you think about, um, you know, would you ever want any, any controversy with, with Kanye? Or what do you think about like trying to climb the rap game because I think Kanye said something like, um, uh, I don't know. I think he like challenged him somehow and said something yeah. like, uh, you know, you're you're good, but you're not me or something like that. Oh yes, yeah, and he came forward and he came forward and he said, well, like Kanye, Kanye's problem is he defines himself as a rapper. I don't care what Kanye thinks because I'm not a rapper. I'm just me doing a bunch of things. And he yeah. like and he does it. And he I'm does. Just- Doing a bunch of things. He's just like, he doesn't define any of the things he does are not part of his definition of himself. He's not a comedian. He's not a rapper. He's not a writer. He's just doing whatever he feels like and going fully into it regardless of outside influence. 
Yeah, like, it's it's fantastic. One of the things he did that we spoke about was mm-hmm. he he was a part of community. And I actually have a question about community. Uh, this is the craziest segue ever. Uh, but, but do you see us? We're like we are we are crossing space time. Crossing space time. Someone set a fire in your throat. Someone lit a match in your lungs. Now you're choking on the flame I can tell you won't let it out Breathing with a spark's dangerous That's when your mouth becomes a gun Do you really wanna point it at community i have a question from one of the viewers right now that was asking how do we nurture community in today's social media uh uh space like with networking with uh making music how do we do that so we don't feel less alone because i think that's oh. the new valuable one resource. word one word yeah vulnerability oh my it's, man and i'll add and i'll add and i'll add one uh, and i'll add one uh caveat to that yeah like Genuine vulnerability. Genuine. Because yeah, not people, the illusion. Because people can smell BS from a mile away. I don't care if you write it on Facebook or if you go on video or if you write. And yeah. also create like personal, physical community. Like digital yeah. community is huge. But yeah. start with physical community. When you connect with another individual, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's in a network networking an event uh-huh. or whatever those things you say, meetups mm-hmm. online or whether mm-hmm. it's at your house mm-hmm. when you greet someone right reach out reach out your hand like this and give them the freaking the hand sandwich or whatever hands and like do <laughs> dab, this dab, dab them up like <laughs> make it you know be be brave enough to be cheesy and mean it in today's society Oh, I love it's that. Genuine. Yeah, nobody, it's genuine because nobody's good. brave enough to do that anymore. No, Even, one thing ahead. that I one no one thing that I do um, is whenever I travel because I've been doing a lot of traveling with mm-hmm. music. Is whenever I go to a new city, I try to meet up with people that may. I just ask, "Hey guys, I'm here. Anybody want to meet up?" And like these kids from like high school will just show up. So we'll have cool, a really right? good conversation. We'll get ice yeah. cream or we'll get Panda Express and we'll like take selfies and, and stuff. And that would never happen with that. So that that's one nev- of the without the right. internet, there, that would never happen. Absolutely. The and benefit of it's, it's like using that digital community to create Person. new personal in-person mm-hmm. communities. Yes. It's nice. You can get that. You can get close. Like you in North Carolina, we have friends all over and you can connect. It's, you know, it's not perfect, but it's it's about as one-to-one as you can get now yeah. with video chat. I think the only thing that's scary about it that people don't think about, especially in the the realm of of social media and the idea of influencer and the numbers, et cetera, et cetera, it's a beautiful thing. But we have to be careful because a lot of times, at least as far as the social situation is concerned, width can sometimes choke depth. Oh, 100%. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's, some examples, like long neck, thick neck, dude. Mm -hmm. Is it thick neck? I don't know. Wide neck, wide neck, long neck, wide neck. There, there are a couple of influencers mm-hmm. on 
social media. And they have really big necks. Well, really long and really thick necks. All right. But the content is really weird. Like, you just be like a hot girl on top of him just licking his neck. And it's millions of views. It goes viral on World Star. So it's like, it's like, I, I think what they're doing is they're only focused on the width. You know, before we were talking about influencers doing nothing, you know, they just have a big audience. But the, I think that's what you're talking about, right? It's the width. Mm-hmm. It's the 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 lack of depth. The, yeah, the, right. the fear sure. of the fear of like, yeah, but I was made fun of. Yeah, for that's that's my exactly it. They're life. shallow because they're afraid. I'm sorry, I'm calling it out. Yeah, oh they're, wow, you call them out. They're scared. Holy no. They're scared to. They're scared <laughs> to death. God forbid. And by the way, I am not. This is not every person oh, out there sure. that has millions of views. Yeah. There are artistic geniuses out there, comedians, artists, yeah. players mm-hmm. that where their work speaks for themselves, and that's yeah. why they go viral. I'm talking about a person creating a concept that literally benefits no one but themselves, <laughs> all right? Because there's value in humor. It's and so it's funny. And 100%. And we, well, well we, we love, like, the ridiculous things. Like, yeah, there's, like, ridiculous. Every, every time Shrek takes a step, the video speeds up. Like, yeah. Like that's, Who came up with that weird, like, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But it provides value in entertainment and absurdity. But yeah, that's absurdity. not what we're talking about. We're talking about. Well, like, it's it's like they are become, they become their own meme. Like, become their own become their meme. Own meme. Like, yeah. People watch them because it's almost like the the new form of the circus. No, it is. It's, you it's know a what personal I mean? circus. It's, 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 like a, it's like a social media circus and like people find these these outliers and they exploit them for views because of the mm-hmm. degree of the absurdity and the content they make is absurd. Yeah. But and on, by the way, I yeah. think there's a difference between weird and absurd. Yeah. You is, think so? Can you define that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think... I think weird content is out there with purpose. I think absurd content is out there, but it's like grabbing at straws. So Drew, here's the thing. You know, you're trying to get your message out to other people. Yeah. And they're they're not opening your emails. I hate that, man. If only there was a simple type of service where you could keep track of analytics and also send out and keep the attention of your audience. Yeah, that, that sounds really great. I would pay a nice price for that. Well, you're in luck, Drew. Oh, See, I here's am? here's the thing. Okay. They're never gonna open those emails. But yeah, if you mail true. them a chimp, Ooh. there's no way they cannot deal with it. Imagine this. Yeah. You're sitting around there. How are you gonna let fans know about your latest concert? That email's hitting the spam box, but boom, yeah. a monkey shows up at their doorstep. Yeah. They gotta start taking care of that. They, thing. they got yeah, they, it they starts gotta, flinging crap around the house. And as long as it's sitting there and it's got your your brand on his the t-shirt the monkey's wearing, they're gonna be like, dude, there's a monkey in my house. It keeps pooping and throwing poop at me. I might as well go to this dude's concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine like billboards but monkeys. Billboards but monkeys. <laughs> Mailchimp. Billboards but monkeys. Mailchimp, we'll send you a monkey. <laughs> Mailchimp. Oh my God, does that chip have a gun? Well, well can, can I can I can I combat that because the purpose thing? I have a friend who makes violin videos with girls <laughs> yeah. with big butts that are like strippers, right? But he does it on purpose. 
He makes he makes okay. the absurd because he knows that's what sells. He knows algorithmically that's what's gonna crush. He gets yeah. reposted on World Star. Like And plus he, it's almost like a it's, it's like a commentary. It's a commentary almost on the thing. Yeah, it's so. almost like it's like almost a meta commentary. Yeah. But because okay. he's he's planning to pivot. Uh, okay. Don't I, I don't mean to reveal that. But no, no, no. the long neck wide neck, they were picked up by people and those people engineered it. And they're not the ones behind their content. They're driven by a manager to make that content. So it's not them. So is that the line? That's a good question because I think the only way lines can be created is if you can be emotionally strong enough to create one for yourself. Okay. Right. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, let's take the example that you gave me of the, like the violin, you know, the the violin big butts. Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I mean, come on. So I like big books. Right. Listen, <laughs> to, to each their own, but as defined and as purpose-driven <laughs> as that is, yeah. it's numbers first. And hey, I'm not saying it's not smart. You can shift once you reach whatever- Oh, it's brilliant. Whatever line yeah. you, you, to whatever you think is going to influence the most people. But- Take, um, uh, let's, let's come up, let's use another example of, of, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Right? So let's, so let's, love let's combat that in a way with Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. All right. Joe Rogan started the honest, uh, I wouldn't, well, it is vulnerability, but like honest vulnerability, yeah. calling people out, whatever you want to call it. He was yeah. genuine from the beginning. He's not adapting. Right? So he's not going to have to, for lack of a better word, trick people, right? On a certain level. It's not a character. Doing, it's, it's not a character. It's him appearing. It's yeah. him. He didn't yeah. go, he didn't sit down and go, all right, algorithmically, <laughs> this is gonna, you know, I'm gonna reach a certain peak. He was yeah. just like, this shit needs to be told and I'm gonna tell it and I know karate, so if you don't yeah. like it, <laughs> you know. And like, well, plus and there's, there's value <laughs> in him being him because- <laughs> <laughs> you you can tell that he like likes these things. So he'll bring in yeah. people. He learns. He just brings in interesting people. He's him. He doesn't go off onto the next show and like a totally different yeah. thing yeah. because his image is is actually who's a know, comedian, a close subset of yeah. him. Uh-huh. Like even yeah, of course you're like a little different on camera. I I would imagine it's not super different. Oh no, no, because, no, no, for sure. I mean, it'd be hard. He's just not not maintaining the character. He himself. He, you can tell he wants to do this and that the views are kind of like a byproduct. So how are you? My question, actually, before I want to switch gears really. Okay. How are you, how do you focus your vulnerability when you're in a networking situation? So let's go back. We were talking, everybody goes to events, networking events with an agenda, which is okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So how do you tell your story and like get people to, or get people to understand in your words that you are a good idea, that you feel you're a good idea. Well, how do you do that in a vulnerable way? In my, here's the thing. People need to take the how out of the equation and just tell their story. Uh huh. There is no how, in my opinion. That's the clincher in networking events that everyone's afraid of, okay? The benefit that I possess as an individual, like, and I'm sorry to wave the flag. It'll, it might be the only time I wave the flag on this show, but it might be one other time. Waving flag right? alert. My, my, <laughs> people want my cerebral palsy, for example, to be my calling card way more than it is. Oh, yeah. Okay? I can imagine. I always want my art to come first, but people used to want, uh, people used to think I wanted my condition yeah. to disappear. Yeah. That was never, ever, ever the case. Mm-hmm. I just wanted my art 
to be in front of the condition. I'm not a delusional human being. I recognize that my condition will not disappear. But I like the connection that I have with Trevor, for example, we've been working together for a while now. On some level, whether he admits it or not, the condition has disappeared a little bit because he's seen me enough and we have enough of a relationship yeah. where it's existence so now isn't I don't, necessary. I don't respect him for multiple things. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Lack like 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 crappy audio editing, for example. <laughs> crappy audio editing. Crappy audio editing. Hey there, beautiful. I know you've come to put me in my Congratulations You hate me So break me Down Crappy audio editing I am well aware Of all the reasons You are mad at me I lost your grace and no, I'm grateful you came to let it out If you've come to fight with me Then I have come to fight for you Mock the hurt, let it hurt Break me down with your words If it stings, if it burns Take it and he can dish it back out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true though. I have a question from my from the viewers though. Is there but is there a way to be too vulnerable? And I think this is kind of where you were going. Is there such a thing as too vulnerable? Not if it's uh not if it's genuine, because if you are because okay. if you're in the right headspace, um, as far as what your vulnerability means, uh-huh. then you won't overstep the line like human beings but what is overstepping i'll well here's the thing human beings are natural connectors we're desperate for it Mm -hmm. we were desperate for it before social media and we're desperate for it even more now that social media exists Mm -hmm. all right but if you have a it's about self-awareness so if you have an understanding of what your vulnerability is so the for example the easiest vulnerability i've got is my condition Mm -hmm. easiest right and it's a i can't not wear it on my sleeve. It exists the moment I step into a room and that's fine. That's fine. Okay. But if your vulnerability is internal, all right, but you have a genuine understanding of how that vulnerability has shaped your life, Mm -hmm. then it will become a natural part of the conversation. It's not going to feel forced. You're not going to, I don't walk into a conversation and say, Hey, what's up, Angie? I heard you produced push girls. By the way, I have cerebral palsy. That's not my game. That's right? my opener, not <laughs> Well, you would open with seats. No, I'd be like, see, I'd be like, hey, hey, uh, Trevor, it's yeah. nice to meet you. Like, I love that you make beats. Uh, I have a big dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, what? That's, that's my like, closer. Nobody asked. That's my what, closer. thank you? I will say thank the shock you? value. I will shock say value. Value. the shock, shock value, value of that statement <laughs> would, like, will take someone out of whatever state they're in and, and give you attention. So, I don't know. I might I might try that. Something to think about with, like, too, going too far is, is, is where it comes in line with self-deprecating humor which is yeah, funny oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like, actually like now studies come back if you mm-hmm. think about it, we don't always like that which is kind of odd because everyone does it and I think besides being like joking like the self put down mm-hmm. but shifting at least for me things into curiosity yeah, yeah. so it's less of shining light because like opening negative it's kind of it's tricky it's tricky to balance <laughs> I open yeah. negative all the time but, but it happens all the time yeah. it's, it's like it's just, oh, I play I'm so, viola oh I'm so <laughs> terrible but instead of being like oh I'm so like, like terrible just be like oh I'm I'm new to this thing. Right. How did you get to this? So even though new to something and being terrible are almost synonymous. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's it's, ineffective. Like that kind of humor, we think it's effective because of the initial reaction that we get. But but for the other person, in the long run. Like they show that we actually don't, because we don't believe it. It kind of makes you uncomfortable. It does. It absolutely, especially if it's continuous. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I learned that lesson the hard way in college. Oh, I like I had to social skills for me, right? Yeah. Those two words were not connected a part of in you. any way. But you went and, to college, which right. most people don't. I went I went to college, but I used it as a social experiment rather than a way to get an education. Dope. That's a great um, way to look at it. And because I had focused so much on my grades in high school, yeah. and I, I saw a lot of success with that, but my social yeah. life was just, I mean, this was non-existent. Yeah. And so in college, I made a personal decision that I was going to explore what that meant. Yeah. And the self-deprecating humor is, it's low-hanging fruit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And I it, I, it was very effective in the beginning. In the beginning. And then my freshman, sophomore, junior year, yeah. Like, especially when I started uh, singing, and because yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't dare say playing music, even though that's when I started playing guitar. I wouldn't really call it playing guitar, talking, speaking of self deprecating humor. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also true. That's yeah. where I was. Um, yeah, behind every I leaned on it way too heavy. I mean, like, my CP wound mm-hmm. up being my calling card, yeah. and, it, and it damaged um, uh, genuine friendships because what it led to, I couldn't tell whether a person was around me because they wanted to help me or because they wanted to be my well, friend. Well, and to some degree, yeah. using that as the joke, you're, yeah. you're putting attention towards it. And so they're like, oh, well, if he's joking or talking about it, this is like the focus of our conversation. Right. Yeah. It also gives them promo- permission to to joke about it. So there is a relaxant that's sort of built in there. <laughs> but too much. But it's, it's, the, it's the illusion of relaxation. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying is like being genuine. There is a way to be too genuine. There's a way to be too vulnerable. Yeah. And, and it's when you kind of use it as a crutch. When you exactly. use something that exactly. your deprecation is a crutch mm-hmm. rather than then just icebreaker, then then be honest. Let it be a natural let's, part yeah, of the conversation. Because exactly. if it's truly a part of you, it's going to come out anyway. Let's yeah. let's go through some more like icebreakers. Your dick out. Like like yeah, it's too- <laughs> dude. Give me some ice. Just took me a second I'm to break, hear that. I'm gonna break this ice. Took me a second with, to hear that. with my penis. With my penis. Karate Kid Two porn version. Yeah, <laughs> just like just just uh, if, you're, if you're tuning in late. Um, <laughs> Uh, welcome so. to the show. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but okay, so, so something about, like talking about like I'm icebreakers, on. like going in, because c- there's like a strategy. Maybe we can talk through like priorities. Because now that 
We both moved to a new city and yeah. you're traveling all over the place. You know, we, we understand the value of networking, dirty work, call it whatever you want, but you're just code switching. It is networking. It and is. for me, you know, it's like making relationships. So a couple things that are on my mind that mm-hmm. I want to like filter through uh, the both of you is, you know, thinking the long term and you're not going up and shoving a business card into someone's face. I genuinely want to know about these people, which is nice. Yeah. I don't have to like lie. I think what people do is fascinating. And so one of my openers has just been, so what's your story? It's great. And, or or and, and, and another good one, um, what's your instead of like, what's your job? It's just like, what takes up your time? Or like, so what takes up your time this day? Because then it's not like, oh, he wants to know about my job. You know, they can be like, oh, well, it's my family, you know, family. I got, you know, yeah. a new, I got a kid or something. Yeah. What are some of your strategies now that you go this? Because you seem to just bumping to everyone. So let's get it. Well, my, uh, so the easiest thing I can, I can share with you. Is, so first of all, my opening question is, what do you love? It's always my opening question. What do you That's love? Great. Um, because sometimes even when you're at a networking event, like let's say, um, so I did a, a gig at the Catalina club the other day mm-hmm. and everyone's there doing, um, Danny Woodburn hosted. He was Mickey from Seinfeld. Uh, there's all these talented people on stage mm-hmm. doing some are like in the now and others are like sort of obscurely talented. Yeah. But, the, but every single person there is used to, um, you know, how did you get your first deal? Right. Or was, was American Idol really a success or like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, they went to yeah. the generic. Right. And you'll notice if you ask a question like, what do you love? What's really interesting and fascinating to me is they most of the time, like, if they open up with their job, like if, if it is their job they love, they'll mm-hmm. tell you something interesting about the about job the they job, love. Yeah. And it makes a more interesting conversation. What's even more interesting is when they don't talk about their job. If you say, what yeah. do you love? And you're talking to a musician and they say, I love my family. And then they start talking to you about their family. They, and, and it's true, but you, they believe in their subconscious that you genuinely believe that you genuinely care about their family and stay on the subject that they give you. Yeah. So if they bring up family, stay on family, mm-hmm. fall in love with their family genuinely. And at the end of the conversation, the music will come out because it's what they use to support their family. So you're pretty much just having a conversation. You're acting. In order to be interesting, you have to first be interested. You have to be interested. That's my first tip. The second tip, and this is a really easy one that so many people forget, set up networking opportunities for other people. I've had a lot of people do that since I moved to LA. That's interesting. It's more common. It's so, so important. Like, you go going to networking events is cool, but if you meet a person that you know will affect someone else in your circle, affect their career, set up the meeting. Go have dinner. Go get some... It goes so And it's like not only is it like like the right thing to do. It's, so it's even like Machiavelli, it's like, that's the smart business thing to do. Oh, yeah, so it's yeah, like, not yeah, only yeah, doing yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, I want everyone to succeed. That's also good business if you boil it down pure and simple because the more successful your friends are, the more, more successful you do. And so true. It's like, a, it's, it's, a tr- it's truly a rare case of like win-win if they're more successful. So even if you're an awful person deep down, <laughs> like, <laughs> like me, <laughs> yeah, like, like not to name anyone Shh, in the Chris, um, but <laughs> even if even if you're a bad person, this is still the smartest thing you can do. Help people, connect them. Good for you. It's good for them, and everyone can win from this. And yeah. you know, you grow that community. You have to see art and music as a win-win uh, game. 
it, you you absolutely it's it's not there's not a it's not a zero sum situation. It's not a win lose. How do you get there? Because as like a musician, I have a lot of guilt in doing what I want to do for a living and like actually connecting with people and doing something I went to school for. So how do you, because I'm happy and I'm blissful, (laughs) a lot of people look at you and say, you deserve to be poor because you're doing something that you love to do. I hate what I'm doing. I'm making money. (laughs) So in order to make money, you have to do something you hate. Otherwise you are already rich. You don't need my money. You should just be happy, struggling. And so how do you reconcile that psychologically when that's thrown in your face? I will answer that with with a cliche line from the movie, I think it's adaptations or whatever. It's got Nicolas Cage in it. I know. Oh, I've just like we're gonna get down votes just because I just because I said Nick that. Cage. Oh. Um, are we ready for this? But um, <laughs> there's a line in the movie where he says to his friend, "You are what you love, not what loves you." Um. And that is that that is how I I reconcile that. Okay, I'm sorry. Like I'm not hating on people that say you deserve to be poor because of blah 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 blah. But that's a self awareness issue. Mm-hmm. They haven't figured out themselves yet. They haven't sat so with themselves jealous. long enough to figure out that that's the wrong answer. Because if it was the right answer, they'd be there already. You should hear them talking like you're not around. They say that you're dancing. Somewhere underground Near a Philly marble that moment happen for you? What is the lose-lose? Because you've been doing like all this stuff for a while. What triggers this? Okay, so a lose-lose moment for me, um, an honest lose-lose moment for me in my career was when I signed my first contract. So let's just talk about that and how literally everyone warned me not to do it and I signed it anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My man. (laughs) Yeah, so so this was right after um, my, my time at Disney World ended and as much as that's the happiest place on earth, this was a super dark time in my life. Like I was mega depressed. I had what just age? gotten what age? dumped. Just for our listeners. Um, I was like 22, uh, right like bet- between 21 and 23. Um, I was mega depressed. Uh, I knew nothing about the music industry. I, honestly, I knew nothing about music. And I know that sounds self-deprecating, but I really like... What I learned from music, I got from my dad, who was a a country singer. I sang like he did. And Mm -hmm. I was always mad at myself because no matter how hard I tried to play an instrument properly, 
I couldn't get to where I felt like I mm-hmm. needed to be to be recognized as a mm-hmm. as a genuine musician. I wanted like to be respected. Musician. Yeah, I wanted to be respected yeah. by other musicians. That was my goal. Yeah. I had no idea where I was going. And I kept sending out, I made this just the worst <laughs> demo in the universe. <laughs> and I really mean it. I mean, uh, it was, link, I mean, link I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> link, like, link in the description. Like, <laughs> you guys, like, okay, so I did, just to put things into perspective, I did some audio editing for voiceover work during my time hanging out with Trevor. Mm-hmm. And I and I sent that to Trevor and he was like, what did you do? I faced it nicely. <laughs> and this is and this is after this is after years of experience. So you can tell I'm still, you know, just the back of the line, the bottom of the barrel, as far as it's concerned. This was the first time I sat in front of iTunes. I didn't even know where the stop key was after you hit record. <laughs> like, and I just sat in front of my computer and I had, um, I just poured all these songs out in like two or three days. And there was, I had one original song before I did this demo. I had one original tune and there's a contest for Disney cast members called Night of the Stars. Night of the Stars. And I think I've heard of that. I got invited to participate yeah. in there. And I think I got like third place if there was places or something. <laughs> and what? the only copy of this, uh, the only like original song that I could prove to like any label out there was the live recording of this one original song that I had. <laughs> and, oh, a live recording. Oh boy. And I called this, I, I there was one label that I, um, uh, like I started like going through the phone book, honestly, because there were phone books still. Like people still that use was, phone books. When was the last time you used a phone book? For like oh, a minimum. 1872. Yep. Uh, I used a phone book and went through all the labels in Orlando that I could contact and I left them all a message. And like towards the end of my trip, I connected with a friend of mine who was like, I actually like, I know, um, actually a friend of mine from college. I wouldn't even call him. He was an acquaintance, honestly. And he was like, I know this label in Winston-Salem. Mm-hmm. I, I know the guy. His, uh, you know, his name is Justin. Give him a call. And I harassed this dude for six months. This is how aggressive I was. I called him every day, constantly, <laughs> constantly You're for six hungry. months. You're yeah. Hungry. And he actually, like, he finally called me back because when he got his phone bill there's this line of this one number calling him and he looked next to it and the number Chris. was something like 260 oh, or something and he was like who Chris. is this guy and he calls me back and i finally get in touch with him and i'm like look dude i have this song i want to send you I'm, i don't know anything about being signed to the label but i'm i'm gonna send it to you and this was like my intro to the world of music and i send it and he calls me back and he goes, I like that tune. Do you have any others? And I straight up lied to him. And I said, yes, I have plenty of songs. And he goes, okay, let's have a meeting when you get home from Orlando. And so that's when I sat in front of my computer, hit record, and just BS. Just, just BS. Well, a bunch of tunes. And I and I brought it to the, the studio. And he liked, I think I had like 12. Yeah. And, the, and he said, I think I like, we like two or three of these like i think this can yeah, actually become something it, yeah. and and he he gave me a contract i didn't even i didn't have a car i, I had nothing at the time i had mm. to call up this person that i didn't even really know in college beg her to give me a ride to the studio we got there at something at, at like midnight mm-hmm. he listens to the songs he goes i like two or three of these i think i'd like to, to take you on as an artist he gives me the contract i go home 
And and again, to give things even more perspective, I was so desperate. This guy, it was a metal label. What do you mean metal? I mean metal. A metal, metal. metal. A metal okay, later singer songwriter. And I'm the singer songwriter acoustic, yeah, acoustic guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. They're gonna they were gonna shape you. Why uh, why why was it a bad contract, if you don't mind my asking? Uh because <laughs> he he owned my master rights for eternity. Oh yeah, for eternity. Um, oh, really? as, as there was no up, expiration that's date. A, yeah. That's a yeah, bad explain deal. that. Explain, Just, explain. Can you explain what masters? Because a lot of us, a lot of the listeners, will be classical musicians. They're not going to know the music industry. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean by like masters? That means the original idea that was conceived on uh, on on some form audio, the phys- yeah, right, the physical digital, yeah. yeah, physical digital existence uh-huh. of your idea yeah. is no longer yours. That's what it means. In perpetuum, forever. Yeah, in, for, wow. Forever. Forever. Okay. Um, and it was something like, uh, there were other things of mine that he owned for something like 50 years. Like, it was a ridiculous. What? Yeah, yeah. It was insane. But I was just, all I wanted to do yeah. was go back. Okay, so truth be told, I went into it with the wrong energy because I was bitter. My heart was yes. had just gotten broken. And I was desperate to prove these, these people that I honestly, like I was looking at them through the wrong lens. Uh-huh. And I thought, first of all, I thought that I even mattered a little bit in their lives. And the truth is like, there was no, it wasn't about mattering at all, mm-hmm. but I wanted to prove to these people. And honestly, my ex-girlfriend at the time <laughs> that I was, that I could have a career in the, in the music yeah. industry. So, so, in the music yeah. world. so like fast forwarding, taking that lesson. Cause that's early on. That's a big one. Cause you're selling oh, yeah. away your stuff. Your soul, basically. It's gone. All you had is music, mm-hmm. and you sell that. Now you approach all these other things. The mindset, totally different. Do you give some, like, credit to that awful experience? Oh, yeah. As, like, no, no, a no. teaching, or what's the... We I- just we just want to... Can we just be very clear? Never, ever sign your masters away forever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Never, ever, ever, ever. ever. Never. It doesn't matter if you're the artist or the songwriter never. or whatever. Because you, you never know when you're going to be... You know, you're going to make it and then suddenly you look back, oh, I wish I had that. Or yeah, I did not like what I did, but someone else owned it. And so whenever they look you up, it's that it's that stuff yeah. on the And back. if you want a semi-popular example, at least in the 90s, one of my biggest influences, Johnny Resnick of the Goo Dolls, that's his biggest regret. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. gave, he sold his stuff mm-hmm. early. Yeah. And he's looking, now he looks at the numbers and he just cries. Yeah. He's just so. It's like a tricky spot because you're vulnerable in that. I thought you we were talking about trying to be more this. vulnerable. Man. Yeah. Now I'm confused. Let's, <laughs> let's I, dig into that. Make up I, your mind. <laughs> it's like vulnerable with, with intention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Do, do, because, not, yeah. do not be structurally were, vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable in the sense of like, not like, oh, I like know myself and I'm being like open to things. It was just like, I'm ready to be taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here is my butthole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> proceed. <laughs> yeah, proceed. I have a question for you. And this is, this. we're kind of all over the place. This I is love the it. way I am. I'm like, squirrel. Do it. Uh, I had a question from my viewers on the last stream. I had to restart it. They wanted to know, uh, as an influencer, uh, like what sort of... Um, what sort of things are should you most be like cognizant of? Like, are you when you connect to when you make products with companies or make content for companies? Should you be thinking about the company or like the audience? Like, how do you reconcile that? Like, how do you find that happy medium? I think you without need, selling out. I think you need to think about what you stand for. 
It's because okay. it, if you it, like, if you're looking at the audience, like I look, you know, I love any audience, but no offense to the audience. If you're looking at the audience, then you lose yourself, right? Mm. If you're looking at the company, then you lose yourself. But if you are focused enough on who you are, or, or hopefully by this, by the time you become an influencer, you know who you are, you know enough of, mm-hmm. of, of who you are, then you can make your decision based on what you want to represent. All right. So take, for example, um, something that happened to me early on in my career. So when my music started to gain a little bit of momentum and build up a little bit of steam, I happened to I, I kept trying to write, um, let's say, uh, sad songs, frustrating songs, angry songs. But for some reason, like what it, what kept constantly coming out was like, it's all going to be OK. Like this, the first part of the song would be like this really angry things didn't work out, <laughs> but at the end it's, it it always winds up. And you can listen to my early records and hear that. Like at the end of um, Affliction, which was my first mm-hmm. like the, the song up. that did anything, um, was like uh, uh, the end is I'm gonna be this positive message for people, even though the beginning is I, I got my heart broken, I have no social skills, but the end is like I know who I am now. And I used to get mad at the fact that I was unintentionally constantly writing these positivity songs. (laughs) Like I would be so frustrated. And then the reviews started coming in. And one of my reviews was like, if a Christian band never mentioned Jesus, you'd get Chris Hendricks. That's a great. (laughs) Interesting. And I like, and the review killed me. I was like, no, that's not, not, this is not who I want to be. This is not the direction that I want to go. And I... I started to think about the people that the, that I was attracting mm-hmm. magnetically and how I was being guided. Because when you're, you know, super in the early, early on in your career, you think you want the flight stick, but you really don't. You want to give it to somebody else. Yeah, right? that's true. Especially when you're super young. And I was being taken to places I did not want to go. Yeah. And I didn't have enough knowledge to uh, be assertive. In you know, in the studio mm-hmm. or yeah. or in the in the show or mm-hmm. or in a, an office in Nashville or Los Angeles, I didn't have enough knowledge to be assertive, and I trusted too much. Everything that happened back then has been reconciled, and everything is all cool. But I learned way too many lessons the hard way, and the biggest one I learned was pay attention to where you're going. Where people where people are taking you. Don't allow the crowd of people to blind you from whatever direction you thought your life was gonna go. For sure. I, what I mean more of is like on the the money side, I guess. Oh, okay. It's like not necessarily like content size, but when you side, but like oh, when okay. you have brands reaching out to you that want mm-hmm. you to do certain things, how do you continue to give like respect your audience but also monetize? What you're, you're doing. You're, this is going to, it's so funny because I mentioned the the religious thing earlier. I swear what I'm about to say is not religious, but yeah. the same rule still applies. Your soul comes first. Yeah. Right? That's got to be your, so in terms of, so to answer your question. Yeah. Right? Um, this is it's easy for me to say because I'm not in a space right now. Mm-hmm. But if, if Jose Cuervo, yeah. right? <laughs> Came to me, came to me, and said, "One of one of our sponsors you know, of the show. Can we put <laughs> stuff? So be careful. Can we put stuff on your, on your thing? Like, 
Listen, good for Jose Cuervo. I'm really grateful for your offer. No. Like, really? Why not, man? What if it pays the bills? Not my thing. Don't care. At me, Jose really? Cuervo. Doesn't matter. Um, and I, I say- Y'all no, wouldn't like, think less of me if Jose Cuervo was no. like, here's 10,000 bucks. Dude, then might be cool. Take a shot. I don't even Seriously. Drink. If Jose Cuervo is your thing, Yo, you're cool with it, I mean, do it. Tequila. Arriba. Right? <laughs> but I don't want to, but see, that's not my thing because I have yeah. a nonprofit called Perfectly Afflicted where I travel around to schools and I speak to kids about loving themselves. Yeah. And so I don't well, want to. Well, for Jose, your brand. For yeah, me, sure. for yeah, me yeah, personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want. That would be different. It would, yeah, it would be a personal <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. I honestly don't, I, to be honest, I, I don't know what I would do if I had so much freedom as to say yes to every brand. Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly, like, I'm not sure. Oh, for sure. Um, I wasn't asking that for sure. Right. Because, like, but, if you're for everybody or for no one. But, mm-hmm. but exactly. But some people do have that freedom, right? So, for example, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume that, for the most part, the Kardashians, given their level of influence, can pretty much say yes to whatever they want. They're, mm. And say no to and, and say want. and say yeah, no to they whatever say they no want. To a lot but I would assume match. that every brand wants to be associated with them just because of their level of influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think was it was it Chloe or something or one of them said that Snapchat was dumb and their stock dropped <laughs> like by well, yeah, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's just that's just influence. That's but that's just, my point. Yeah, but it affects yeah. brand though. It affects brand. The moment that you like, let's say that's a weird. That's a weird example though, because she she's in a weird stage of her career power. that, that oh, she what, could what, say what something. Career? She didn't mean to. Well, <laughs> I mean, sorry, I'm a terrible person. C- career of living their mean. life. She's mm-hmm. just she makes a living by being herself. That's true, and also and so thinks she said yeah. So yeah, like whatever no. she says, she I don't think she meant to tank like, no. like snatch it. That was no, not but that's but it doesn't matter though. Because it happened. But is that her fault, though? No, but it's no. It's okay. Thing. It's it's not it's not her fault when it happens. It's but when you get to be that uh, that. So she height, should just live her life. She shouldn't be able no, to no, say whatever she what I, wants. No, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. If that is if if that's who you are, and from the outside, that's yeah. what the, that's what the Kardashians look like to me. They can. They have that freedom of just of absolutely living their life, and whatever happens to other companies mm-hmm. or brands associated with them, that's totally fine. But it's collateral. I, but I, but <laughs> it's, it's collateral. It's, it's, it's collateral. But it's also nihilistic. And I would and I would not encourage if your goal is to be an influence. If, as a matter of fact, it's, it's just, I try I, not. I, I try to dissuade people from trying to be an influencer. Right. And I we yeah. and I and I mean this with love. Okay. Well. I would assume you would dissuade people from being an influencer as far as a pop definition of influencer is. Yeah, because, just like, let me just get people to like me. To, for I want to influence. I want people to like, I want to inspire people. I don't want, just live your life. Yeah, You'll do it automatically. Your, we, unless that's part of who yeah. they are. If they are truly driven to be, because that's part of my brand. Part of my mm-hmm. brand is finding positivity in a real way. Oh, for sure. Right? Okay, yeah. so this is actually a great segue to go into, to talk about one of our other friends. So you know where I'm going to go with this. I know this. So, so, so my best friend, um, 
So my best friend in the world is, uh, is this guy named Andre Demuzio. He's a freaking uh-huh. genius when it comes to production, Man. technology. A lot of things. And he's, just a lot, he's one of those dudes that's like- It's a polymath? Really, yeah, really good. He just really at, makes like, you angry. He's yeah, it makes you yeah. mad. Well, you make me angry, so thank he's you. another- <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing anything with my life. It's weird to get that you hate this. Yeah, you're going to really- But he's hilarious. Tell me about it. He's so funny. He's one of the most amazing people that- I've ever met in my life. He is very, uh, and you know, he admits this. He calls it. Um, he, he calls himself a realist, but in my opinion, a realist is just a pessimist in disguise. <laughs> um, and the, there's a great quote from from Jim Carrey. Is um, I think it's like something is is fear disguised as practicality. Pessimism is fear yeah, disguised. Yeah, yeah, as that, that sounds right. That or, sounds or, or I'm sorry, being realistic is fear disguised. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so. Um, but one of the reasons why he's my best friend and why I love having him in my life, because I am, I am a very positive individual, but I want, but I want to be a balanced positivity mm-hmm. compass. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so my goal in life is to be able to take an, uh, is to be able to actually shift, um, on some level, an audience full of Andres, an audience full of pessimists, genuine, mm-hmm. like I want to be able to stand in front of an audience and people that are like, ugh, he's one of those like believers in <laughs> joy and love. <laughs> like I want them all to like look at each other and just be like, oh, I'm ready for this, right? And then by the end of the experience, have them at least, if I can get one or two of those Andres to be like, huh. And threw it over my head Right over my head And disappeared Would it the world got too big For the hopes that I had And I just left Thinking what am I doing here Would you be down on me leaving Would you be sad that I'm gone Thinking life loses going forward a big part of your business and what takes your time up is actually as a speaker right and you go around like running these like nonprofits. what goes in behind these speeches beyond personal experience like how do you separate you from someone going on facebook and being like live your life and <laughs> and like you can do anything uh, it, it is a combination of craft and vulnerability and i know i've used that word way too many times but it's important but like yeah a lot of people so for example if someone comes to you right to go along that same line Mm -hmm. someone came to either of us and said i really want to inspire people you have to come right back at them and say what does that mean Mm -hmm. yeah exactly because most the the more specific you are the more likely you are to be successful in any endeavor Hmm. that's the other thing i would really encourage people to do nobody does this anymore but write it down Write it down, and I'm, I'm not talking. Fan about, of like, writing I'm not talking out. about going to a computer <laughs> and typing notes. it in a Google Doc. I'm talking about taking a pen, finding, line. finding paper somewhere <laughs> in this futuristic life that you live in, and writing it down. It doesn't have to be a journal or anything like that. Just find a pad of paper and write it down. 
Because if you can't define the direction you're going in, it's going to take you so long. So I do all these various things because I'm passionate about them. But the through the through line is I want to be the greatest storyteller in the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're, you're writing down kind of your story now in advance of what you do to somebody. Right. In advance of what I and in my opinion. Right. This is not necessarily everyone's opinion, but I've had weird things occur in my life multiple times, which a lot of people might consider coincidence. But I don't consider it coincidence because I wrote it down at one time and I stared at it over and over and over again. And I'm, and by the way, I'm not a proponent of sitting down, thinking about a thing and waiting for it to appear. No, I don't, I'm I don't, support, I yeah, don't support no, that. That's, that's, that's dumb. There's a, <laughs> yeah, that's there's a, it's not dumb. how things work. There's no. a law. There's another thing in, in the, in the, um, self-help world as, as people want to define it. There's another, manifesting. there's a, yeah, there's this idea of manifesting, but in addition to manifestation, there's this, there's this thing called the law of Goya, which stands for the law of get off your isn't, ass. Isn't that like a bean, like a, that's like, like that's like a Mexican, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexican food branch. So it's the law of beans. Well, law of beans. <laughs> Done deal. Beans. Jump off, beans, jump beans, up from wherever you are. Yeah. And, and do the, the thing. Well, the, the thing that I found is, it's about like people people perceive as like luck or chance or circumstances. You being out there doing the thing mm-hmm. and then having eyes open enough to see the opportunity and to take it. Mm-hmm. Because really- a lot of the things happen to you that are meant to take you in that direction and they happen over and over. But if you have this closed mindset, say, no, that's not it. No, yeah, that's it needs to look like this. No, that's not it. They, yeah. Then you miss out. You may just set yourself back years by just saying no and being. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like going off of that like opportunity. You know, you miss one hundred percent of the shots. You don't take that. But also, like something that we talk about is just like luck. Most of these things aren't just truly by chance. It's like you yeah. can posit by doing stuff or by making these connections and relationships with people. Yeah. One thing you're just simply doing is back to the beginning of the show. You're you're increasing the math. The math that goes in your favor yeah. if you do things that put yourself yeah. in a position. So for instance, can we look out who's succeeding in this particular field? What do we do? Where are yeah. they going? Oh, they're going to these schools. If I want to increase my odds, lots of people go to those schools and do nothing. Some of them, if they're really feeling down, start a podcast <laughs> or, or a show. Yeah. But um, yeah. self-deprecating. You know, hey, but, full circle. Full yeah. circle. Oh, hold back. But um, <laughs> no, no, like we saw, like, oh, these people are doing things. More often than not, they they went to one of these places. Absolutely, was it the place? Doesn't uh, matter. Doesn't that doesn't actually matter? Doesn't but matter. we we did those things to increase the odds of success to maybe like find more fulfillment, and then that's how we met. And then through that, it's like, hey, we're studying music. It's how we meet. And now <laughs> you're here, and so we're all in this room because <laughs> we took the plunge on something I probably shouldn't have gotten into or wasn't ready for. Mm. I didn't tell people I applied to Juilliard. I, like, oh, didn't I, mention it. I, I well, you I, you started. I, I, I put it. Drew's on just thing. like, oh, not me either. I'm just gonna put it. Me Drew, no, but like I like JK. Well, well, even from even for the teachers, so I just didn't even mention it. So it was like a nice surprise. But mm-hmm. there's just tiny examples of doing things and just doing it and to put yourself in a position to succeed. And there's lots of things I'd like to do, and it's just like, well, why is this not working out? It's because I haven't done it. I've thought about, oh, I'd really like blah blah blah. I haven't done anything. So then when someone, when you find that connection and you haven't done the thing, unless they really like you, the odds of them taking that risk, oh, I want to like score this film. Have you scored films yet? Well, no, I've always thought about it. You're not getting that. You're not getting that that gig. But you've gone out and you do these things to increase 
that champ. And so you're, yeah, you're a freaking boss. Guys, I just wanted to call attention to time. I remember you guys have to go do something at 3.30, correct? Mm-hmm. I think so. So, good. so but no, no, but what I wanted to do, I wanted to cover one thing. Where can we find you? What are you doing? How can people discover more about you? Cool. Uh, so uh, website, IamChrisHendricks.com. Okay. Um, my Instagram is the same handle, I am Chris Hendricks. And uh, I'm trying to figure out, I do have a Facebook think it's Chris Hendricks music. <laughs> um, I know. I should be really. But I, what's a project be, that you're currently working on that you would love to put a um, microscope on? Sure. Um, okay. Well, I'm working on uh, a my next solo album okay. with, with Andre. And hopefully yeah. Trevor will do some, <clears throat> some production on that. Hey. Um, there's, uh, yeah. There's a couple uh, songs that I'm working on there. Uh, I just submitted some music for a... Um, uh, a film project. There's yeah. a there's a new movie uh, coming out next year. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to actually say the name on okay. the air. Buzz, buzz, um, NDA. Um, but, Black Panther two. Oh, but, oh. Uh, but they um, um, but there's uh, two of my songs that they're interested in using, and yeah. and they may have me write the theme for the the film, which That's if that works incredible. out, that would be really really amazing. Yeah. Um, the coolest thing that I would love to put a microscope on. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, is uh, sort of the speaking and my my nonprofit. So we've been we we don't have. It's been years. We've had to fight for uh, nonprofit status. We don't have official nonprofit status yet, but okay. we've got we've submitted all the paperwork. We've been approved yeah. by this the state of North Carolina. We're just waiting for federal approval, and it is about you know going around and speaking to kids and just reminding how much their lives matter because the suicide yeah. rate is. It's off going the yeah. It's going um, And I'm yeah. trying to make an Im- a little uh, little bit of an impact. That's beautiful. Uh, myself and my partner. That's beautiful. And we have been sort of slowly um, trolling along. To, yeah. Uh, I wish I had a better word for that. But, <laughs> Troll. Um, so but, how can people get in touch with you to hire you for that? Yeah. Um, your website? Go to, yeah, go to IamChrisHendricks.com. Okay. There's a booking option. Yeah. Um, go to PerfectlyAfflicted.com. That's okay. specifically for the- um, Nonprofit. The nonprofit. For the nonprofit. Yeah. And then um, the other thing is we have a media company yeah. uh, that uh, Dre and I started together called Kite Rush. Media and the website okay. for that is kiterushmedia.com. I'm so awesome. excited for that. Last little thing, we have a um, we've got a, a series of film projects going on, but one of the coolest that we're working on right now is there's another nonprofit mm-hmm. called Make Lemonade for Cerebral Palsy that's doing amazing things mm-hmm. in terms of building communities for people with uh, with cerebral palsy like myself that simply didn't exist when I was a kid and we're having the opportunity to, um, I just came back from Buffalo. We filmed, uh, these really, really cool things that they do for the kids, including taking them to NHL games, watching wow. Buffalo Sabres games and seeing the smile on those kids face. I know it's cliche, cheesy, but Children's it's really, really amazing. Smile. Um, yep. <laughs> it's a really, really beautiful thing. And, um, <laughs> we're hoping to turn that into a documentary for the founder of the of Make Lemonade for CP, an amazing uh, woman. Her name is Lauren Wallier. And you so. look like you get really good rest. How? Dude, no, there's, there's no way. No, there there's isn't. just no, I don't believe it. No, I don't. I don't get any rest because I have a seven month old at home. Oh man! Um, well, you look. You look absolutely. Yeah. So radiant. he's got a brand new kid, 
and yep. he looks yeah. good. You look radiant, as Thank you can you, see, man. podcasters. Anyway, we appreciate you coming on, my man. You are incredible. Thank I, you. I hope that we can become friends and just talk. And we already are, man. I feel it. Yeah. I really feel All right, it. All right, until next time, we hope you've been faking, you know, taking pa, notes. Faking notes. Bye. See you later. Psst. I love you. <laughs> 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 Thank you. That was incredible, man. Thanks. Woo, you are a clinic. Yeah. We you. didn't even get to the lyrics or baby. We oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to get you back. All of the bullets flying around our house. It's over my head. It's foolish if we're all connected somehow. Am I naive? Wearing an open over my chest It's dangerous Anyone else wouldn't be running right now We were human beings Now we're shattered Love what you do. How did you Google this? I just did MailChimp slogan. Love what you do? Love what you do. Okay. Um, well, how could we monkeyify this? MailChimp. Oh my God, that monkey's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording. That's great. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's, let's do it.